welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Feeling very joyful today. With Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. <laughs> That's me. And Thomas P. Dorian. I'm joyful, but I don't know that I'm that joyful. Well, you know what? Uh, we told him to give him an extra dollar uh, if he was joyful. Because well, we're doing the go. joyful mysteries of the rosary. Excellent. And uh, and so Sam just, he, he, puts his, he puts it all in there. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, so, I do the Ric Flair woo, you know. I don't know what that is. But, <laughs> yeah, okay. Right. You don't know who that is? Come on, man. You know who that is. Who's Ric Flair? Okay, oh, now I'm at a woo. <laughs> What's Ric Flair from? I've heard He's of a wrestler. wrestler. He's a wrestler. Yeah, okay. So this tells me, and most of the audience, we don't care. Yeah. That's <laughs> anyway, true. All, all that aside. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take my portion of the audience, (laughs) and we're going to talk about the third joyful mystery. We've already talked about um, uh, the Annunciation, we've talked about the Visitation, and now the third joyful mystery. And I really enjoy this, and and we've gotten lots of emails, uh, which I appreciate, the emails and the uh, people who like uh, this sort of deep dive into these mysteries. It's something that we've been doing. We started with the um, uh, the the dolors, the sorrows, seven sorrows of Mary, uh, and uh, it's just I I just enjoy this because so many times as as Catholics we do these things, sort of rote memorization. We just kind of like power through things, uh, and and there's nothing wrong with these prayers, but sometimes we don't spend time like in the Rosary meditating upon these mysteries. So we're trying to open up each one of the mysteries. And right now we're doing the joyful mysteries, and we're on the third joyful mystery. Yes, which is the nativity, the birth of our Lord. It's the most wonderful Wonderful time of of the the rosary. rosary. Yes. Yes. So you you can, if you're listening to this right now, you can go ahead and get your Christmas tree out. We give you permission (laughs) to get it out so you can really get in. Uh, in the uh, the nativity spirit, we'll say they'll go well with your Halloween decorations. Yeah. If you have those up, you know <laughs> exactly, exactly. So tell us about uh, this third mystery, Sam. Well, so you know what we're exploring with each mystery is we're exploring fruits. And uh, last week we explored three fruits, and and today we're actually going to explore four. Do you think we'll do five fruits next time? I was wondering <laughs> how many fruits can we explore? Uh, I feel like we're at the fruit stand nonstop now. Uh, Picking up fruits, but you know what? The more, the better. I just, I love, I love, uh, I love looking at the these mysteries in the concept, like fruits. What are we supposed to? You know, when you hear the phrase like to get something out of something, exactly. It sounds pretty selfish, but the reality is, something so beautiful, when earnestly prayed and meditated upon. The Lord grants us grace, and that grace is in the form of, of fruits, Yeah, right? The fruits of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the fruits of grace that happen when we engage uh, in, in this uh, sort of meditation and, and study and, uh, and prayer. There are fruits. There are things that, that are born out of this. Right. It's supposed to bear fruit in our lives. It's supposed to be fr- bear fruit within us and through us. And, and you know, we're going to talk about four, but really, we're going to spend most of our time on one, uh, and that's going to be hope. Um, you know, the others we're going to talk about peace, uh, poverty in spirit, and then uh, we'll, we'll save the last one as a surprise. But <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned in. Stay you'll, tuned. You'll want to be here for that. <laughs> but, but it's appropriate, I think, for us to begin with hope. Uh, it's fitting to begin here because Jesus is our hope. 
I mean, his very name means God saves. His, his name is a name of hope. And the Jews had long been awaiting the uh, coming of the Messiah, the, the hope of Israel, the one who would come in to set free the people of God. And there were many questions as to what the Messiah you know, is or would be, and many different viewpoints at the time as to the, the salvation that the people of God needed. And many, of course, were focused on the Roman occupation. Uh, right. Li- li- liberator. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, military li- liberator. Set, f- set us free. Yeah. Right, because the Romans had been there, and uh, the Jewish people were subjected to Roman rule. Uh, they were subjected to the rule of non-Jews, which, you know, for them, that was... That was uh, Basically, that was a scandal, I think it's fair to say, uh, within the context of the Jewish people and the Jewish faith. And so the hope that many had was for a great and mighty warrior king, a king that would set the Jewish people free from Rome. So yeah, that, that's right. right. <laughs> I know. And, and so they're picturing this military leader on a war horse. Right. Right. To ransom us uh, from slavery. Uh, instead, they got uh, this Jew on a donkey, right? <laughs> right? No, literally. Right. You know, and that's why that image is so powerful when Jesus eventually goes into triumphantly into Jerusalem. Right. To be our Messiah and to save us. It's not what the image that they had. Right. Jesus flips that on his head, on its head, that, that image of Messiah that the Jewish people had on its head time and time again, including from his very, very birth. Um, and, you know, and today, one one thing I think we should kind of link that up to our own lives you know even today many of us struggle with our own difficulties in different forms and many of us seek hope in many different forms oftentimes we find ourselves saying if only i had this if only i had that if only this happened if only that happened and you know all that's very natural human response the difficulties that we encounter in life but we have to be careful because that can have a tremendous impact on our souls it can have a tremendous impact what we put our hope in and so here we have an opportunity to remind ourselves of what hope truly looks like, what our hope truly is. And so that brings us to uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. Yeah, let, 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 me, let me read that. Now, we'll be familiar with it, right? Because yeah. we hear it every year, especially at Christmas time, right? Yes. Uh, or Advent. We're gonna, we'll, we'll hear this particular reading. Uh, but let's uh, look at Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20 and of course we're gonna we're gonna listen and we want to invite you uh you know to ask yourself like what what does this scripture passage teach us about hope right let's specifically look at this in terms of hope and like how can i how how can i learn and grow from that right yes, so listen yes. with those with those questions in mind as i read this in those days a decree went out from caesar augustus to the whole world that the whole world should be enrolled this was the first enrollment when quirinius was government governor of syria So all went to be enrolled, each to his own town. And Joseph, too, went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to the Judea, to the city of David that is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the family of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to have her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were shepherds in that region, living in the fields and keeping the night watch over their flock. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were struck with great fear. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For today in the city of David a Savior has been born for you, who is Messiah and Lord. 
and this will be a sign for you. You will find an infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel, praising God and saying, Gloria to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels went away from them to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go then to Bethlehem to see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known the message that had been told them about this child. All who heard it were amazed by what had been told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things, reflecting on them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. And then the little drummer boy <laughs> played his beautiful song, and the rest is history. That's such a beautiful, beautiful oh my gosh, yes. uh, reading. And I, I, even though it's, you know, reading that outside the Christmas time is yeah. actually kind of neat to do because it just it brings back all these beautiful, wonderful memories. You did even better than Linus. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I did have my blankie with me though while I was doing that, but but you can hear hope in that. Well, yeah, and, and in fact, I think in a little subtle way in the very beginning, there's a there's a there's a there's a note of hope that it's happening in Bethlehem. You know, I have the census that's happening, and Bethlehem's the town of David, and so Joseph and Mary they went there for the census because Joseph was of the house and family of David. So well, that's a manifestation of hope for the Jewish people who are who are listening to this. Let's put ourselves in their shoes. The Jewish Messiah is of the house of David. So any Jew reading this gospel or hearing this gospel, you know, they would understand that Jesus being born in Bethlehem, being there because he was being born into the house and family of David, that itself in itself is a it's a fulfillment of hope, a manifestation of hope. You know, last week we talked about faith and we talked about how faith it's a way of of, of seeing and doing that we talked about how faith is a, about our response to God and his grace moving in our lives that he may move through us. So that's faith. But, you know, I would, I would challenge us to think hope is different insofar as hope is us putting trust in God's faithfulness. And here we see God's word being fulfilled that the one who was foretold the Messiah was born in the house of David, just as the Lord had promised. So I think that, what do you guys think about that in terms of the notion of faith, that hope is trusting in God's faithfulness. And we see just hope right there at the very top oh, of yeah, the Oh, yeah, exactly. It's like, a, it's like a billboard all of a sudden. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and, and they would know what the, it'd be like if we were driving by a billboard that was written in a foreign language. Yeah. Some of us don't stop and pay attention, and we need to learn that language. It's, it's, uh, it's uh, how many times have we heard... Uh, the, the the genealogy of Jesus at the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew, right? When you when you hear that, um, the reason why that's important is because it's basically Matthew is telling us where Jesus came from, whose lineage he 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 falls from, which means like y'all get what I'm saying. This is the guy. Right. This is the Messiah, and that's what's important to note about that. And so if we if we look at each other and go like, well, I hope Father picks the short form of the Gospel. <laughs> Because right. I don't want to hear all those strange you're names. You're missing out on the, the idea that um, f- for all your living in slavery and you're living in this terrible situation with Roman occupation and, uh, and, and just the, your, your, your plight in life, but like here comes the prom- promised Savior. Right. 
right? That's That in and of itself is hope. That's why that's important for us to understand where Jesus came from and the lineage, the lineage of David. Well, and also, the, the, you know, the angel of the Lord, let, let, let's, let's, let's take a look at like the message that the, to the shepherds as well, you know, and, the, and also the response of the shepherds, you know, because the angel appears to them and it says the glory of the Lord shone around them. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, God is manifesting himself to us. He's manifesting his glory. Jesus, Emmanuel, God is with us. And, and let's look at what the angels say. The angel says, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, a savior has been born for you who is Messiah and Lord. And you will see, a, and, and this will be a sign for you that you will find an infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. So, so now it's not just Joseph and Mary who know the messianic prophecy is being fulfilled. It's also these common everyday shepherds. You know, and of course, David was a shepherd. So there's symbolism in that. But it's yeah. also just a common everyday man. God is shining his light, the light of his hope. If he's doing it for these shepherds, he's doing it for all of us. Mm-hmm. All of us get a piece I, of that. And I love where you rightly point out that the glory of the Lord shone all around them. Yes. Right? That the, now, and their, you know, their first reaction to that is fear. Yes, you get it, because the angel had to say, be not afraid. Right. Yes. And I, so I love the fact that the angel says, be not afraid. I mean, angels are not like these little chubby things with wings that, that right. fly around. Uh, they, they really are fearsome uh, you know, fearsome beings uh, that that probably when you see them, they're not like going. You're not going like, oh, right, uh, mommy, can we take it home? <laughs> right. You know, it's not like that. There's there's this great fear, and, and but it's again, it's it's the it's the fear of the Lord, which is really a gift of the Spirit. But but this idea of of awesomeness, yes, right. It's so awe inspiring. So I, I I can imagine that in whatever you're. I mean, imagine their daily plight as shepherds. Oh, sure. They're probably cold. Yeah. They're probably hungry. They're they having to they watch. Might, they might have had sheep. to deal with a lion or two like David did. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so, and then like in the midst of all this, this glory visits them who are against, I mean, in, in, in the in the scheme of things, they're, they're lowly, ordinary folk. And if only, if, you know, it was already big, just that one angel there with God's manifest, God's glory manifesting. But then it says, and suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. So again, if, if hope is about trusting in God's faithfulness, what do we see? So the shepherds went in haste just like Mary went in haste to Elizabeth, the right. shepherds went in haste. No doubt they were full of hope, running to find that manger. And what did they see? They saw, they found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger, just as God had promised. And they shared this good news with Mary and Joseph, what they had heard from the angels and what led what had led them there. And, and the our holy family they were amazed by what had been told to them by the shepherd so let's put ourselves in joseph's shoes for a second right he had stepped out in faith he didn't have the same angelic visitation that mary had god spoke to joseph in his dreams god followed i'm sorry joseph followed and and joseph obeyed and he had been walking a walk of faith mm-hmm. Uh, trusting in what the the God had been saying to him. I've had lots of dream. dreams, and I don't know that I should have followed them. Right. right? So yeah. I, I know that Joseph trusts and he's got faith. 
Uh, and I know those dreams were special dreams. They had right. to be. And he knew to, he knew the right thing to do. But there 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 are. It's different. You're right. It's different than what Mary experienced. Yes. Like a, a physical manifestation in front of her. Right. Versus Joseph going like, did I just dream that? Yeah. You know, there have to be like these sort of waking questions that might have entered his mind, maybe only fleetingly. Right. He's he's a he's a good and righteous man. The scriptures tell us. So I imagine I don't think that he doubted, but sure. still it required faith to step out and do what he did. And then Joseph saw God's faithfulness confirmed. By these shepherds. And, and, and hey, Mary did too. Mary kept all these things, reflecting them on them in her heart. So no doubt hope for Mary also was fulfilled, you know, and that was a big part of what she was reflecting on her heart. And so, you know, in this encounter with the Holy Family, it no doubt emboldened the shepherds all the more. So they were already on fire in seeing and hearing what they heard from the shepherd, uh, from the angels. Then they flee to, to uh, in haste to go and find this manger and then they find it and then the they see that the parents they're not saying get out of here that's crazy you know what i mean and so you know it says the shepherds return glorifying and praising god for all they had heard and seen just as it had been told to them and so what this says to me is you know hope it builds and it spreads like a fire you know from a shared recognition of god's faithfulness in our lives his faithfulness to his word um, and so I think that that's a perfect moment for us to now apply this to our own lives, right? Like perhaps we should ask ourselves, first of all, where, where do I put my hope? Do I have any if onlys? Right. You know, first of all, let's, let's, let's have I, and, and then have I allowed God, if I, to build a track record of faithfulness in my life? Yeah. No. I, and so here's the thing. I mean, part of this seeing this this fruit of hope that comes from this particular mystery this particular joyful mystery um you know one of the first things you think about is um or so this third mystery is the nativity of our lord which is christmas and all it takes i mean just uh, yesterday for whatever reason i don't know why maybe in preparation for this show my wife baked pumpkin cookies Ooh. and so we had these uh, sort of pumpkin spice cookies smell so i walked out and said oh it smells like christmas <laughs> right <laughs> and and there's a and so that conjures up beautiful thoughts and feelings and so typically at christmas time people are traditionally filled with joy yeah. and expectation now i think to some degree that our world is kind of turned a little materialistic and and sometimes the like kids get excited because the stockings are going over the mantle and the tree is going to be filled with gifts underneath it I, I, and that's not necessarily a bad thing it's just i think even as adults we start going like well what what are we going to get so and so and it, it, be, it can become pretty materialistic but i think at the very heart of that is the joy and expectation of salvation the joy and expectation of a savior of some of something good and that's why it's important that we understand the reason for the season, as they say. Uh, and so hope hope just, it spews forth from Christmas, from the, the, the nativity. Yeah. Right? Because it's like, okay, uh, unto you a child is born, and he's the Savior. It's Christ the Lord. Yeah. Right? And so it's like, okay, this is a good thing. And you, um, sometimes people need to be convinced that there is need for hope in this world that we live in. Right, we live in a very divided, very divided times politically, socially, um, economically. I mean, there's there are great chasms or walls built up between all these different various groups out there, and and there's a there's still 
even maybe even more so a need for for salvation well and the struggles in our life are real the sufferings in our life are real and so i don't mean to invalidate when people say if only i had this if only i had that or if only this happened if only that happened everything would be okay what i'm trying to say when i say that is it's when we recognize that we find ourselves saying stuff like that let's give it to god Mm -hmm. and let's see what god does with it and let's see what god does with us and and invite God also to change our perspective and change our heart. But here's the thing. When we give God those struggles, when we give God those things that we want, then at that point, when we, and then we follow him and follow his promptings in faith, just like Joseph did, then God builds a track record of faithfulness in our life. And then once he's done that, we're able to grow all the more in putting our hope in him and understanding that no matter what happens in this life, God's our hope. But we have to let him build that track record of faithfulness in our life if we're going to be able to really trust in his faithfulness in our everyday Yeah, so now as we pray that third mystery of the joyful, the, the third joyful mystery, or the nativity of the Lord, we need to be thinking more than like, the nativity of the Lord, our Lord, uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know, we really need to stop and think like, we're, we're speaking words of hope. Yeah. Right? So pray and meditate on hope. So there, there are other fruits that we can look at. Yeah, yeah. So another one is peace. And at Mass, we repeat the Gloria in the message of the angels. And, you know, and it's different translation at Mass. We say, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to people of goodwill. Uh, but I, 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 re- I want to actually zero in on that translation from the Gloria for the for a moment here, because, you know, the fruit of this mystery is also peace. We are the people upon whom God's favor rests and God desires to rest his favor upon all of us. And God is love. And therefore, God is goodwill itself, because love is willing the good of the other for the sake of the other. So the fruit of living in goodwill, living in the will of God it's it's peace because if I'm not worried, if I'm not con- consumed with selfish yeah. considerations, oh, what's going to happen to me? Ooh, 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 and I'm able to let that go and live in trust of God, then I'm able to really will good for others, even in the most difficult situations. And in that, I can find peace even amongst the most difficult situations. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? This was lived out by the Holy Family. I mean, oh, yeah. all the going back to Christmas cards, Christmas and Christmas cards, right? You, you, the, 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 Christmas cards, I always remember it, and I, I think they're beautiful. It's like they're usually blue in color and like a little little uh, drawing of the Holy Family in in the creche. And there's this beautiful, like there's uh, the great star up in the sky and night sky. And there's like these beams coming down upon the little creche there. And, and it just says peace on earth. Yes. And it makes you think that like Christmas is like this quiet and holy and whatever peace. But if you stop and think about what was going on with Joseph and Mary at that moment, yeah, right? Uh, no room at the inn. Uh, the, 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 the idea that they had to run from Herod who was slaughtering kids left and right. Sure. You know, and, and, and uh, the traveling and what they were doing. And then now Mary pregnant, like riding on a donkey in a, in a town, you know, it's like, oh, by the way, we're having a baby, but everybody's here. All the hotels are full. You know, it's like this was anything but peaceful. Yeah. And yet at the birth of Jesus, there's suddenly this idea that that there can be, so in a hopeful way, peace on earth. And I think it's connected actually to our third fruit, which is poverty in spirit. Yes. And that connects to our discussion last week of spiritual detachment, which I think poverty in spirit sort of a, a grow. It's a it, it builds upon uh, poverty in spirit builds upon spiritual detachment. And and this goes to that line that you just referenced. While they were there, uh, the time came for her to have her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. 
So, I mean, blessed are the poor in spirit, Jesus says. Blessed are the poor in spirit because the kingdom of God is theirs. Look how our king comes to us. Not with ostentation. He emptied himself. He took on the form of a slave. He was born in these humble circumstances. Meek and humble riding on an ass. Yeah, and he lived, he continued it, you know, throughout his life. And not just with that, the son of man uh, has no place to rest his head, right? Birds have nests and foxes have den. So he basically lived homeless. Uh, for much of his his adult life, or at least during his public ministry. So what do we learn about this with poverty and spirit? Poverty and spirit is letting go of self-entitlement and living, again, going back to peace, living in the peace of God's will and receiving where we are with trust in God, trusting in his faithfulness, hope, right? So all these fruits are all connected. Yes. The poverty and spirit is made possible by the peace that's made possible by the hope. Without poverty and spirit, it's going to be harder to have peace. Without peace, it's going to be harder to have hope. And you're right, they're connected. And again, we can learn from this. You know, what are what sort of self entitlement do I have in my life that interferes with my poverty and spirit or interferes with my peace? Yeah. You know, but but one last fruit to talk about. But this is the bonus one. You the bonus one. <laughs> you you had pointed to this. Uh, she had wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for the inn. What room for them in the inn? So no room in the inn for no room in the inn for Jesus and the Holy Family. No room in the inn of the human heart. Right, so that's it can be used metaphorically as well. Right, so I mean, there was no room for Jesus, but is there really room in the world for Jesus, or do we push him away? Right, have we sometimes not allowed room in the end of our hearts for Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, especially when we might be tempted towards sin, and we might want to choose some things that might crowd God out, right? Have we been keeping out hope? Have we been keeping out peace? Have we been keeping out um, the poverty and spirit that comes with saying, you know what, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. Yeah. And living in the peace in that and living in the hope of that. Are we crowding that out by saying, actually, I, I need more. Mm-hmm. But not only that, but we can extrapolate that further to are we, um, are we, is there no room in the end for the unborn? Is there no room mm-hmm. in the end for those who are marginalized and those who don't have yeah. uh, just the basics and the need uh, that they, they need to get by? And so we, we can look at that in many, many ways because that's why, you know, when we look into a stranger's face, we're supposed to see Jesus. Yeah. And how we treat that stranger is how we would treat Jesus, right? And so this idea of not having um, uh, room, this is a challenging fruit. Oh right? yeah, this yeah. is a, this is a challenge one. It's like a it's like a kumquat or a persimmon or something. You know, it's like a it's a strange fruit, dragon fruit. You know, <laughs> it's and so it really causes uh, to really be introspective and to really um, discern for ourselves. Just would we be the innkeeper? Yeah, and would we say there's no room here? Right. You know, and and that that part uh, that's that's kind of convicting. I think. Oh sure. Uh, for for most of us, so but it hurts so good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the, 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 the Joyful Mysteries can, will continue, and uh, we'll take the presentation, uh, the fourth Joyful Mystery next. I hope that you can join us. And let's just ask the Blessed Mother for her intercession in this process. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, us, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.